0: Welcome to the sermons and teachings from the Catalyst Fellowship with Ipai Michael. We We hope hope the the message message you're about about to listen to will edify you and cause you to experience experience. exponential growth. And now, the message. All right, so we're starting a new teaching series today. Who knows the title? How to study. How to study the Bible. How to study the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So we're starting Amen. the teaching series, How to Study the Bible. And we're going to start the first part today. Uh, I want you to get your notepads, um, your, get yourself in a position where you'll not be distracted, prepare your hearts to receive, and you know just follow me very closely. All right. And so I've titled this first teaching... Honor for the written word. Someone say honor for the written word. Honor for the written word. word. So in how to study or interpret the Bible, I've divided it into a few parts. And essentially what we're going to be doing is that you're going to be trained on how to study or interpret the Bible. And so one of the most important things for me to do is to emphasize the importance of honoring the written word. And then after this, we'll discuss um, popular barriers to biblical interpretation. And after that, we will discuss um, rules of biblical interpretation, the steps, how to interpret the Bible itself. And towards the end, I'm going to do a mini-defense called, Can We Trust Our Bible? And that would lead us into a new teaching series called Apologetics. So um, it's going to be a full session full packed session what i'm going to do is we're going to have a lot of spaces for questions and answers this is going to be basic um in the school of how to study the bible just take this as 101 um everything we're going to be doing throughout this period is really 101 it's just introduction very introductory to set you on course on how to study the bible and Many of the problems we have today in the body of Christ is because many people haven't learned or realized the importance of learning how to study the Bible. How to study the Bible, uh, you know, the term used for it is hermeneutics. I would spell it H-E-R-N-E-N-E-U-T-I-C. It's a branch in theology. Theology is the study of God, right? Theo um, and study. Uh, how they tell you biology is the study of living things biology the same thing theo, theology right so the study of god and hermeneutics is a branch you know in 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 that that has to do with the study of how to interpret the bible and some of you might be you know thinking why are we doing hermeneutics in fellowship is this not fellowship? can't this just be basic prayer um Exhortation and let's just move on, you know. But the point is, so, Bible hermeneutics isn't something that should just be reserved for people that are in Bible school. You know, many people are thinking all these things I'm hearing, these are things they learn in the seminary, these are things that they probably learn in Bible school. But actually, it shouldn't be reserved for Bible school. Hallelujah! It shouldn't be reserved for Bible school. You know, Papa Kenneth E. Hagin said something. <laughs> There was a, there's something that's popular that he said, um, he said, if every church is doing all they need to do, there would be no need for Bible schools. I take that again. If every church is doing all they need to do, there would be no need for Bible schools. And this is very true. You see, we never saw Bible schools in the early church. All through the time of Jesus Christ down to when the church was was established, I mean, as a structure, we never saw Bible schools. And so we have to see Bible schools for the true nature of what they are. They are an intervention. This is very true. I'll take it again from the quote. If every church is doing all they need to do, there would be no need for Bible schools. And I said this is very true because if you look through the early church, You do not see anything like Bible schools. And so we have to see Bible schools for the true nature of what they are. They are merely what? An intervention. Hallelujah! They exist today as an intervention for what many churches have failed to do, which is equip their members with all they need to know. This is very important. And so the moment you begin to talk about anything that sounds a bit complex... People are like, oh, I didn't sign up for this. I just signed up for devotion, myself and my God. I love him. He loves me. No need for all of this extra. But the point is that early church were grounded in the knowledge of God. And they didn't have to go to Bible school. They were grounded in the knowledge of scriptures. They didn't have to go to Bible school. Hallelujah. And so, yes, today, Bible schools are very important to give you some specific knowledge on certain subject matters. But this gives you an idea that every local church should be equipping its members to a point where they are able to clearly understand the word of God and be able to interpret it also. And also teach it to others. Praise God. Amen. So open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 25. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 25 It says, and having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you for your furtherance and joy of faith. You see, in the teachings we've been doing lately, I've been reading this scripture more frequently. For those of you who have been taking notes, I've been reading Philippians 1 25 more frequently. And those of you that have been with me longer will know that I used to read it, and then after a while, I stopped using it as an introduction. ...to the teaching. But it is important that I use this to explain to you... ...because this is where you see what the church mindset should be like. This is what fellowship should look like. This is what church should look like. Paul here being the head over this church... ...is saying that there is something... ...that the members will learn from him... ...by him continuing with them. He says, I have such confidence... That if I continue with you, you would experience furtherance. Forterance, there is the Greek word prokope, it means progress, it means growth. So, the leader of that community of believers is saying, I know that if I'm with you, there are some things that you would learn from me that would cause you to grow, that would cause your advancement. And it's so important to see the kind of premium that is placed on spiritual growth here. Paul is writing from prison. And he wasn't complaining about his suffering. He wasn't complaining that why is God doing this to me? He wasn't complaining that he's in chains. What is he he speaking about? What is his priority? Their growth. Their spiritual growth. What a mindset. And he says, if you continue, and if I continue with you, you can anticipate progress. You can what? Anticipate progress. And this is the only way that you grow for someone to continue with you. Listen, the only way you would anticipate progress is if you give spiritual growth the attention it deserves. If you read the verses before, you see Paul saying, I have two options. See you. The first option is to die and go be with God. He calls that gain. The other option is to continue with you. And he says, I am convinced that I will continue with you for your progress. This is the true idea of what a church should be. That after a while in a church or a fellowship structure like this, you are able to check yourself and say, have I grown? Have I experienced foot runs? Praise Jesus. Listen, you've spent so much time and money investing in your career and education and things that you know would fade away. But how much have you invested into something that has eternal value, spiritual growth? How much have you invested into it? You spent six years in primary school, probably even more because there was kindergarten and there's nursery. You spent another six years in secondary school, and then you spent four to at least seven years in tertiary, in, in the university, in the tertiary structure. Altogether, that's how many? Six, six, four in the minimum. That's how many? Sixteen. Sixteen. 16. 16 years of your life investing in career, investing in education, how much time have you devoted to the reading of the word of God? How much time have you devoted to reading the word of God? The reason why Paul wanted to stay alive is because he has something to teach the people. Do you see that? He says that what? You would experience progress. Progress shows a standard. There is what you need to know. There is what we would see as a result that we consider progress. And this shows, this this should be the result of being a part of any church or any fellowship. There's a curriculum mindset. There is what to know. (laughs) Two months there, there is what you must know. Three months there, there is what you must know. One year there, there is what you must know. When we hear you pray, we should be able to know that you have grown. We should discern growth from the things you say. When we say let's go for fellowship, from your response, we will discern growth. From the things that are priority in your life, we can determine how far you've grown. The church structure is like a school. There is what you must know at each stage of your life. I remember, each stage of your growth rather, I remember very early this year, in the middle of the year, um, I heard that a young lady was was going to leave the fellowship. And I reached out to say, okay, what's really going on? Um, Why do you want to leave? Do you think leaving the fellowship is... Is what is best for you, you know. I don't have a, I don't have a problem if you really, really want to leave, right. But, um, I mean, it's my responsibility to check up and be sure that the reason why you want to leave is not one that can be easily um, avoided, right? Because many people leave structures where they've been growing only to go uh, and get personal and, and continue to work with God personally in quotes and end up just falling into error, right? And so I ask. And you would not believe what the young lady said was a reason for wanting to leave. She said, because I asked on the group chat that if you were not in fellowship the last time signified that are they babies, why am I treating them like babies? And someone tried to explain to her that the church structure is like a school system. There is what to learn. There is a consistency. Listen, if you go to school and you miss attendance, less than 75% attendance... You would not write the exam, right? Exactly. Correct. Exactly. If you miss classes, we cannot be sure that you've learned what you need to learn to pass that stage. The same with the church structure. You need to see for what it truly is. There's a curriculum mindset. There's what you must know part-time. And so someone tried to explain to her and said. Listen, the church is like a school structure. It is important that you don't miss any part of it. But still, she didn't get it. Listen, we should be able to discern progress from the things you say because you've given commitment, consistency, you've invested your time and effort to the study of God's word. Praise Jesus. Let's do an exercise. Who wants to volunteer for this exercise? Today will not be your ideal random teaching. I'm going to break a lot, so, you know, we would figure it out. We want to do an exercise. Who wants to volunteer? Me. Larry, good. N-A, great. All right, so, Larry, I want you to read A to Z. I will stop you in the middle. I want you to do that. All right, read it. All right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 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 Amazing, smart guy. I love it. And I read one to ten. <laughs> one to ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one to ten, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Good. Great stuff. They are smart. And I read 100 backwards to 900. Start. But the order is not even correct. Whatever. I- oh, 100 to 99. Sorry. No, 100 to 890. Thank you. Okay. 199, 98, 97, 96, 97, 99, 99, <laughs> now, what this shows you is that you cannot master anything you've not deliberately learned. You see, the reason why Anna is able to do 100 back to 90 is because everybody knows 987654321 because you've probably deliberately learned it and you've said it in your head many times. One to ten is easy. And Larry can say A to Z, but when it comes to saying Z back to... And I was even able to say 100 back to 90. Some people cannot say it. And that's because you cannot master anything you have not deliberately learned. And the popular issue right now is that many of us... I have believed things that we've not deliberately learned. And it's sad. We've believed things we've not deliberately learned. Everything that many people know is literally what they heard from someone else. They've never done their due diligence to, to check it and be sure if it is correct or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you with me? If you do mm-hmm. not yeah, deliberately learn anything, you cannot master it. You need to deliberately take time to learn from the Bible. So we teach things we don't understand. We sing songs we don't understand. We just do things we don't understand. It's almost like football when we're small. Do you know when I was small? Hmm. I know I used to watch football, oh, but I can argue football. Eh? Do you know why? Once some people are talking about it, you just pick one or two things. Or wrestling. Do you know that I did not watch that Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker's match? I've not still watched it, but I know what happened in that match. <laughs> because from talk, top, 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 you just beat the Talk, top, someone just say, ah, guy, you remember say India beats Nigeria 99-0? How many of you watched that match? How do you know it's 99-0? That's why, they say that's why they stop India from play, playing football. How many of you watched that match? <laughs> there was one I noticed recently. They same messy signed life contract with Baka. It's not the same Messi that has left Baka now. <laughs> when we were small, that's all we used to hear. Yeah. I'm sure you defended it to another person. So we 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 teach, we, we we preach things we've not deliberately learned. Someone said his friend said his daddy played. Now wow. <laughs> <laughs> You see? So what you hear, you just go and you pour out to other people without carefully examining it. So we grew up saying, Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. I know you come from heaven above. The Holy Spirit is on the throne. The Holy Spirit is on the throne. And some people are just realizing now that is, that's, they used to say is on the throne and it's not really on the throne. <laughs> and that's, that's the popular... I, I don't want to call it a plague, but that's the popular problem. Some of you have seen Jesus is the only son of God and you are there. How is Jesus the only son of God? Wow. Then who are you? Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you know, the funny one is and I'm not saying the particular one is bad. But the funny one is so I but the You don't know the song. You don't know the meaning. You don't know if they are cursing you. You don't know, you just sing. Ah. You just hear the song. As long as it sounds nice, it could just be vibe. ah! I really like the song. You don't even know the meaning praise jesus the same as teaching many of us we are used to preaching teaching explaining things that we've not verified it's a problem it's a problem you see i used to be there so i understand are you with me i'm not going to talk to you like someone who hasn't been there before i used to be there and so i understand just pick up things and just we don't very, it's the biggest problem we have. It's not what we read from the Bible many times, it's what we heard from other people that we would not bother to cross check. Mm-hmm. Those are the biggest errors we face. So, you see, people, you know, I, I'm just going to list a few things that are popular that many people have probably heard before. You know, first point Paul, we grew up learning that God changed Paul's name to Saul. But was Paul's name ever changed to Saul? No. If you go to Acts chapter 13 and verse 9, Scripture says, Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eye on him. So he didn't have an encounter with God and his name changed to, 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 to Saul. The Gentiles called him Paul. The Jews called him Saul. It was common in that day for people to have two names. It was as simple as that how many of you actually read it before you came to that conclusion people. nobody right but how many of you heard it from someone to come to that conclusion yeah many people well, i knew about, always knew about the name the fact that what well, was your name. Maybe you had a good teacher. And yeah. That's great. <laughs> don't have. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. One yeah. funny one is we are used to do you know even if you put it on Wikipedia today that how many wise men came to see Jesus. Wikipedia will tell you three. And we are used to it. Three wise men. And this is one place where mental models have played a huge role. And this is why sometimes I'm not a huge fan of drama. Yes, it can be a powerful tool to communicate, but sometimes I'm not a big fan of it. Because we grew up learning that there were three people who were used to represent the wise men. And so we grew up believing that there were three wise men. But the fact is that the Bible never specified the number of men. The Bible only said, if you go to Matthew chapter 2, now, we'll start from verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the day of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east, Ibo guys, sorry, I'm just joking, you guys. <laughs> wise men from the east did what? Came to Jerusalem, saying... Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard that he had this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. If you go through, you would see that the only thing that specified three were the gifts they presented. So the number wasn't mentioned. They could have as well been five. Praise God you need to verify there needs to be a, 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 a honor for God's word in the sense that you, you, you deliberately give your time and effort to the study of God's word mm-hmm. another one this one was popular when I was in the university you know the drill Army the drill 2 Army you know when we were in school when we were praying those were the pro- most prophetic prayers so we will stand like the army in 2 Who never broke their ranks? That was always the thing that you used to pray. They never broke their ranks. And everybody's praying to be like the name. It was the name of concerts, it was the name of concert, name of fellowship, dance name group. of prayer meeting. Dance group. Name of dance group. Dwell <laughs> And yes, God is raising an army. And I'm a part of that army. Listen, I'm even enlisting you to be a part of that army. But it's not Joel 2 army. If you knew what Joel 2 army was, you would not want to be a part of it. You shouldn't even want to be a part of it. (laughs) And this is the problem. Not many people ever bothered to read Joel, to understand it. And this is not an insult to anybody. I also didn't know this at first, like I said. But if you open Joel 2, go to Joel chapter 2, and verse 1. <coughs> Scripture says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Prophecies like this exist all through the Old Testament of one it. it says, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. This is how you know it's not false. Why are the inhabitants of the land trembling? He says, for the day of the Lord cometh. What's the day of the Lord? Prophecies about the day of the Lord has existed. If you check the Old Testament very well. Prophecies of judgment. He says, for it is nigh hand, a day of darkness and gloom, gloominess. This should already tell you it's not us. He says, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of, of clouds and thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains. He said, a great people... And a, str- and a strong day that, that there has never been like before. Neither shall they be any more after. It says, even to the years of many generations. It says, a fire devours before them. This fire is not... It's the fire of destruction. It says, a fire divorced before them. Behind them, a flame bonnet. The land is like the garden of Eden before them. And behind them, a desolate wilderness. Do you know what this means? That wherever this army passes, is destroyed. It could have been fine as the Garden of Eden but at the back of them, after they pass through the land, it is destroyed. So is this an army you want to be a part of? Hallelujah. Warnings like this exist because of Israel's sin against the Lord. There's an army and there will be disaster. Another popular one, this one, I the other ones, I did not even preach it. I just maybe heard... This one, <laughs> I once made a mistake, and it was because of the same reason. I was very young then in the, in the Lord. You know, except a grain of wheat falls to the floor, go to John chapter 12 and 24. John 12 24. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it bringeth forth much fruit. And for a very long time, this was used to preach on brokenness, death to self, except you fall to the floor (laughs) and die. You abide your You know, (laughs) I know it's say easy to teach baptism. I don't know how they can counter this to baptism. But if you read it in context, you understand that this was talking about the death of Christ. It's very simple. The verse before, you already see the hour comet that the Son of Man should be glorified. So what he was talking about there is that a, it, 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 was, it, it was more like a, 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 an analogy that if a grain of wheat does not fall to the floor, it will not multiply. But if it falls to the floor, it will come back and bear more fruits. And if, if Christ dies and he resurrects, there will be many more fruits. What are those fruits? You and I. It's very clear. He was talking about the death of Jesus. Praise God. I'll just give you a few. I'll give you one more. Malachi. Many people are very scared. Hi. The devourer will devour you. And this has been used for tithing a lot. To say if you don't tithe, right, the devourer will devour you. I remember a story my spiritual father told in One of his sermons, a lady came to the church for, a very, for the very first time. And then when he was preaching, he said that if you don't tithe, no devourer will devour you. And lady will not come to the church again. <laughs> And they're like, do you want the devourer to devour you?" need? We are trying to tell you that. Are you so quick to be divorced or interested in being divorced? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if you go to Malachi chapter 3, verse 11, scripture says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and it shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Then you already know that it's not the devil that is the devourer, Because all the devil looking for with fruits? The devourer here is not the devil, it's low cost. It's insects that are eating their fruits. Are you with me? Yes, titan is great. It is scriptural. But this is not the way to prove it. Don't you trip people. Listen, you are better off ignorant than misguided. What did I say? You know, I told a message a few months ago, the mind of Christ. I talk, I, I spoke about the dangers in false doctrine. Oh, no, it is no. so dangerous. It is better not no, to no. know than, than to know half. Have. have you seen people that know half and are still? <laughs> it's better better to not know at all. Half truth is very there's anything like that, half truth in quotes is very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. I'm taking my time so everyone understands and follows me very closely. Listen, this teaching series is one that if you listen to one and don't follow the rest, you've not gotten the full package. Are you with me? You've not gotten the full package. Yes, sir. Every part is important. 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, it says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, study there is not talking about reading, but it's talking about reading and more. (laughs) Are you with me? The Greek word for study there is spodazo. Spodazo means diligence. It means making efforts, being earnest. Are you with me? So, give all diligence. Study and do every other thing proceeds to show yourself approved. Study. Go for fellowship. Listen. Pray. Do everything in your power to show yourself approved. You see, approved here shows a standard, like I explained, I mentioned it before, it shows a standard, that is, you know, we have given more diligence to less important things, like I said before. In the secular world, there are standards for judging people. There's ACCA, there's ICANN, ICANN for judging accountants. If you have an iCAN, at least in those days when Nigeria was still good, you get a good job. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have an ICANN, you can still sit don't home for two years. But it's a standard that shows you approved. Are you with me? It's a standard that shows you approved. So if you want to employ somebody into your company, you will judge by their diligence. How? You will check, you, you will put the you know diligence to a test. How? You give them an interview. You check what they know. You don't take chances for things like that. So why, why do you want to take chances with the study of God's word? You put diligence to exam. You've, you've given diligence to less important things. You did not take... You, did you go to the closest school to your house? How many of you have schools that are closer to your house than the school you actually went to? In the plenty sir even university, how many of you stay in Inishoremo? Bangkok people, like people, how many of you stay in Yaba? CU people, how many of you stayed in Daota? So you bypassed all the universities that are close to your house, and you went to Inishoremo, but when it comes to the study of God's word, you cannot go, you say, to um, for church, You know what amazes me is click a link to join fellowship. It's hard. It's just cake go like this. It's hard. We need to see your diligence. Some of you you fly how many miles to school? You are going for masters in Canada, US, UK. You are flying miles for school. I know what I'm talking about. I go from Ikorudu to Ikeja for church every Sunday. One of my pastors said talked about someone who was going to Akure for church. And you'll be like, ah, no church day, your area. It's not about no church day, your area. It's more than that. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Indiligence. That's what that was. I'm still extending study to show yourself approved. Give diligence. You've been diligent with far less, far less important things. Why are you going to a specialist hospital? Is there no general hospital around your house? If we, if we just all want to go straight, you can go to the church in your neighborhood. Then go to the hospital in your neighborhood too now. But you are going to a specialist hospital because of what you can get there. If you can be diligent with choosing hospital and choosing schools, then you have to be diligent with the study of God's word. Put in effort. Research. Study to show yourself approved. You've researched to put together a CV. You've never researched to explain to a non-believer about Christ. You watch YouTube video every day. You know about Tesla. You know about Elon Musk. You know about every single rich person in the world. But... Jesus, you don't know how he died. You don't know the history. You don't know anything. And it's not that those videos are not there. How to study the Bible this is the first time you're probably hearing it. Fine, great. But study to show yourself approved. Put diligence. Give effort to it. We will know if you are diligent about it. Have you let some people speak and you know that they research very well about random things in the world? Can we hear you speak and know that you research very well when it comes to the things of God? Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is very important. Hallelujah. It's a study to show yourself approved. What does the next verse, the next line say? It says, a workman that needs listen. A workman a laborer let us descend your labor when we hear you speak let me hear you speak I want to be like you you know a, a young man was in the in, in a boat with me I think last week and he he was trying to find his food in Christ and things like that and then he's a very you know knowledgeable person and He started to talk to me, and he said, how did you move from where you used to be when I knew you in school to where you are now? And I said, said, how did you make the conclusion? And I told him, I said, I had to be objective, and I weighed on my options. If you prove to me today that miracles have ceased in our day, that miracles have ceased in our day, if you prove to me from scripture, I will not do it again. If you prove to me today that speaking in tongues is wrong from scriptures, I will not do it again. If you preach to me that Allah is God today, then I'll be a Muslim. <laughs> are you with me? And I, I, I explained to him how I came to my conclusion. He said you must have thought about this. And I said not only thinking. I've researched it. I've, I've searched everywhere. <laughs> I gave. I said I'm just going to give you two points. I told him. I said many of the people that are that that are in quotes atheists today. They are not eight, in Nigeria at least. They are not atheists. Uh, they are just yeah. people that have father, father problem. They are angry with God. It will not take me two yes, minutes sir. to have a conversation with them. And it was not always like that. Let's discern label. By the time I was about to come down, he said, you've thought about this, say, hey, it's beyond thinking. <laughs> I know why I believe what I believe. Yes, sir. Praise Jesus. This is important. Hallelujah a workplace same labor from when you talk. When you lead prayer, let's know that you understand the verse you are reading to us. When you are explaining to people, let them know that you've talked about it, you've given diligence to it, you've studied the word, bring other scriptures to corroborate what you are saying. Be convincing. Let me want to read the Bible because you spoke to me. Are you with me? It says a workman. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, a man that is faithfully performing his duties. You, when he looks over what he has done, he's not ashamed because he did it well. When you clean your house and you clean it well, you are you are all oh, you are pleased, and you get food and you sit down and you on your AC mm. because you are pleased with what you've done. Yes, are you pleased with what with your Bible study? Can you rest your back and say, I don't study. And people, FIFA is what you are pleased in. Game. (laughs) They will give you open invitation. Have you given anybody open invitation on a WhatsApp story? If you don't believe in God, I'll preach to you. You will say, if if you can beat me, I'll give you my phone. Say rightly dividing the word of truth. It says a workman that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing. You see, better rendered. Rightly dividing the word. Better says is rightly laying out the word of truth. You see, the word rendered here, talking about, you know, rightly dividing, occurs nowhere else in the New Testament. It means to cut straight. To cut straight. To divide right. Precision. Are you with me? Yes sir. yes, sir. The allusion made here is to a steward who does proper distribution of what he needs to do. Cut straight, rightly dividing. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Study to show yourself approved. I've explained that a workman who needs not to be ashamed. Widely divided the word of truth. What many people here do? You know, I talked about the curriculum mindset, I talked about the school mindset. What many people do here is that imagine attendance is not relevant to university. Do you know what they do? They will register in OAU, they will register in Babcock, register in Covenant university, they will register in Unilag. They will not be going from one place to another, they will not follow the curriculum. How do, you want, how do you want to pass? Just you know what I'm saying? Mm. Today, OAU, mm. Physics 101. Tomorrow, Lola, Psychology 103. Taking courses in this curriculum. Follow through. Follow diligently with it. When you explain it to people, they will say, "Ah, but I cannot be listening to only one person now. Ah. Uh-uh. Mm. Why are you listening to anyone one in school? A. Why not go and register? <laughs> in many schools, I've been listening to all of them. Because at the end of it, there's what you know. When you are tested, ah, we will know that you've, you've spent time, you've learned something. Uh... Find somewhere where you are growing and stay. Some of you, you miss church, you miss fellowship for irrelevant things. Why are you not coming to fellowship? I just, I don't know, I'm not feeling it. No. Just two hours so that you spend hearing the word of God in one week. Do you know what percentage is in your whole week? You need to prioritize listening to God's word, studying it, reading scriptures. Some people, is when the, the word is being taught, you remember that you've not washed your plates. It's when, it's when the word is being taught, you'll be thinking of things that you're not supposed to think. It's when the word of God is being taught, that you remember that you are not, you're not, done. do everything beforehand. That's how to prepare. That's a workman. That's a workman. Have you sat sat in church with people like every time the pastor is That's when they want to give you their own revelation and explanation of it. Don't sit down beside me. That's how you should be. Focus on it. Keep diligence to it. There's no time to gist with me. Can I see the person that is sleeping? And so, some of you, that's how they'll get your attention. You lose, lose sight of it of so you, someone else will say, oh, I'm never understand what to say. If you understand, though, you want to do follow, follow. Just to be diligent, some petty things, some little things that we should not be seeing. Let's know that you've grown. You've been coming for fellowship three weeks, two. Let's see that you've grown. Praise God! You remember funny things at that time, but when you are watching series, Grace anatomy you will not remember that you are supposed to wash plates. You know, people are so comfortable going to... You you see, what you've been used to is that sermon is the last thing to do. Or sermon is what you can scrap. So maybe where you are, they'll do the worship. And it's great to worship God. Give worship one hour. Give sermon 30 minutes. For what? What are we doing? (laughs) Is Is this sermon that is going to build you up I'm Sorry, I said sermon. Is I mean, worship that's going to build you up. Worship is great. But rightly dividing the word of truth is important. Your priorities have to change. You go to some places they will cancel sermon because of choreography. So on concert every Sunday no sermon. Worship night today, Suya night tomorrow, Jersey night next week. What of the world conference? (laughs) Praise God. You watch football. You watch football one hour, 30 minutes. You cannot lose. You'll be feeling sleepy when we are teaching the word of God or when you are reading your Bible. You watch Indian movie, three hours. 30 minutes, what you are dozing. K drama. Four hours of your night. <laughs> I have to study the Bible. You will doze off. Why were you not on prayer as I slept off? Keep diligence, guys. Keep diligence. Commit to it. Have a detailed note. Can I see your note and see that you've been coming for fellowship and you've not missed anyone? Even if you're lawyer, a full member of the family, can I see your church notes and see your sermon notes and see that you've been you've been diligent with the study of the word? Do you go back after here to listen to the sermons we put online? Do you even know the link to the sermons? To Hallelujah! Be diligent! Go go beyond the mark. You will never be good at anything if not deliberately made an effort to learn. When you rightly divide the word, then rightly distribute it. Maybe that's why you're not able to explain to your sister who doesn't believe in God. Because you've not made any diligent efforts. The actual interpretation of this single verse I just just read to you is where the biblical concept of the method of proper interpretation called humanitics is born. Rightly dividing the word of truth. If there's a right way to divide, then there's a wrong way to divide. You know that. Rightly dividing. Rightly, rightly dividing. So I'm just going to go straight, you know, to give you two general approaches that people have used to interpret the Bible. Two general approaches people have used to interpret the Bible. The first is exegesis. E X E G E S I S C G C and the second is E C G C or I-C-G-S depending on how you want to pronounce it. E I S E G E S I S. Time is really far spent. There's a lot to, to you know to cover. You see, exegesis, I'll explain the both of them. So, exegesis, that's the first one, essentially means using the words of text in scriptures through the lens of the original context. That is, using texts in the context at which they were written. So, you use the context to understand the intent of the writer. In other words, if you analyze a scripture exegetically, You won't come to the text with a conclusion of your own already. You will come to discover a conclusion. So you let the text itself reveal what the writer is trying to say. By doing this, you are not reading anything into the scripture. Are you with me? You are studying the meaning of the passage and what the writer specifically intended for the the audience. Are you with me? And this is called reading out of scriptures. That is letting scriptures conclude for itself, letting scriptures interpret, letting letting the context, letting scripture tell you, the scriptures tell you what the writer intended for the audience. Did you all get that? No, sir. Someone was saying you should come again. Sir. So exegesis essentially means using the words of the text of scripture. Through the lens of their original context to determine their intent. So, see, in other words, like I said, if you analyze scriptures exegetically, you are not coming to read it with the conclusion you have already. Rather, you are letting the text reveal what the writer intended. That is, you are looking for what the writer intended for his audience. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Good. And ECGC, which is the second one, means reading into the text with preconceived notions, and this often means coming to scriptures with biases, maybe from a cultural lens or whatever it is. And churches frowned on this approach because it's not written in scripture. It is even the worst because it can be used to to twist scriptures anywhere to ascertain any belief. Are you with me? So let me give you. You are not with me. Exegesis simply means reading into the text with preconceived notions. So if if exegesis is reading out of scriptures, exegesis is reading into scriptures. You are coming with your preconceived notions already. You are using your biases to interpret scriptures rather than looking for what the writer intended. You are giving it your own meaning already. Good. I'll give you an example. It might not be so reliable, but it should help you understand. So, exegesis versus exegesis. Say you are trying to solve a mystery. Someone stole a $25 gift card. And you want to find out who stole it. A person who is using exegesis, that's the first one, would analyze all the clues. Presented before him before coming to the conclusion of who stole the gift card. For a person who is doing is on the on the other hand would draw a conclusion based on who is already suspecting. And the problem with that is when you get there, maybe you are you're you just angry with your wife and you say it's your wife that stole it. Now the problem there is this many times you will find out later that the people who use the may not be the ones who took it and even if they did you didn't use the right approach to discover the truth do you get it now? is it clearer? does it make sense? yes sir, yes, sir. I'll give you a biblical example so in Ephesians, which is the second one to interpret Philippians 4 and verse 13 which is, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Many of you here have done exegesis. Because you're about to write an exam and you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You want to play a tennis match, you say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The fact that it sounds like that does not mean that is what it is. And so, Reading in is what you are doing by doing that, but if you want to practice the right method, which is exegesis, Philippians 4 verse 13 will be clearer. If you read the pretext, it says, I know how to abound and to abase, Paul speaking. It says, I know how to abound everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. So when he says, I can do all things through Christ, is not he can do anything, Is that he can live both when he has and he does not have. He has learned how to live in plenty and how to live when he's in need through Christ who strengthens him. So Paul shows that Christ has given him strength in a dire season. It was a lesson on, 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 on moral contentment than on the power of God to do anything you want to address. Can God address everything you want to address? Yes. Is this scripture talking about that? No. Yes, is that clear? Yes, sir. So the right me- method like we see here is exegesis. You have to learn to exegetically analyze scriptures before coming to any conclusion. But not just that, you have to also be open to any correction, as long as it is from the Word of God and it follows the right method of hermeneutics. This is very important. You see, if we start analyzing all the scriptures that you use E.C. Jesus for, you'll be shocked. <laughs> and that's why I mentioned the willingness to be corrected. You see, I, I remember doing this teaching somewhere a while ago, and some people were angry. Angry for what reason? Because you are wrong. Yes. So. You being you being angry does not mean what I'm saying is not true. Yes, sir. Are you with me? Mean, this shows you that yes, interpretation is to be discovered and not created. Mm. You discover what the Bible is trying to say What the writer is trying to say You don't create it The writer has something in mind Read that and understand it Let me give you an example If I walk into a room And I pick a chalk And I write on the floor Number 6 now somebody who is coming from where Joseph is seated, if you can see my screen, is going to see what. You know what? Get a pen and a paper. You have your pen and a paper. Write six. Okay, I got. Write six. Have you written it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, turn it upside down. What is there? So no. I'm saying three. You are saying no, no, no. three? You need to wash your eyes. <laughs> no. the person who comes, anybody who comes to that room, and sees me sitting beside it. And they ask him, oh, what did you see there? And that one says six. What did you see there? That one says nine. Do you know that if you ask them what they wrote and they, and, and they say whatever they feel like, they are wrong? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Because what did I say you should write? Six Six will forever be six from whatever perspective. So, what you would rather do is to ask the person that wrote it on the floor what he wrote. Don't assume it is nine. I'm sitting there. Why not come and ask me? Why assume it is nine I wrote? Is that clear? Yes, sir. So, if Paul wrote it, use the writings of Paul to decipher what Paul was trying to say. Don't don't imagine. Don't feel. Don't feel or imagine. Let me even go further. Don't interpret scripture with with your inspiration. Mm. The Bible will never mean what it was never meant to mean. I take that again. The Bible will never mean what it was never meant to mean. No matter your experience The Bible Don't twist don't scriptures To suit your experience mm-hmm. Yes You want to say that the scripture Made sense to you at the time I can do all things But that's not what Paul was saying Yes sir Are you with me? Yes, sir. That's not what yes, Paul was sir. saying Listen The word of God is inspired already Read the inspiration Don't inspire your own mm-hmm. Exactly, is inspired already. Read the inspiration. It was revealed to the holy apostles. Go to Peter, Second uh, um, Peter, Chapter One, Verse Twenty. Scripture says, "Knowing this first, no, sc- no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were inspired by the Holy Ghost." He's inspired already. Don't inspire your own. Read the inspiration. Oh. Mm. Listen, you have to you have to honor the word of God as such. You have to honor the word of God like that. Don't come and be adding and remove. If you if you honor something, you will respect it. Don't come and be adding and be removing. Are you with me? Yes. Sir. Honor the written word. Honor it. It's your protection from error. This is the first thing to learn, and that's why it's the first thing I'm emphasizing on how to study the Bible. Honor the written word. If you cannot honor the written word, there will be problems with your interpretation. Mm. It's your protection against error. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, everybody. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. Scripture says, Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. Verse 20 says, And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being what? The chief cornerstone. You are built on the foundation of the apostles. The the word of God was inspired. The Bible was inspired. It was inspired. And they've written, read what they have written. You are built on the foundation of the apostles. Listen, you can be creative and innovative with the, the the way you deliver but never get creative and innovative with the content of the word mm. never hallelujah getting new yeah. inspiration for content is error innovation in doctrine is synonymous to error if you innovate doctrine you are in error yes sir louder sir you see, there are certain things you can do. Paul never used a microphone. Paul did not use AirPod. He did not use SoundCard. He did not use Zoom. But we can use Zoom to make things better now. You can innovate your the approach and method, but never innovate the content. I mean, Listen, this idea of inspiration, this idea of inspiration is so dangerous. Listen, false religions have come out of it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You saw an angel. False religion has come out of seeing an angel before. Mm-hmm. So you have to honor the word of God above every other thing. Cornelius had an encounter. Yes. And the not told him, "Why did he, Why did the angel not preach to him? What did Cornelius say? I am saved by inspiration." What will you say today? Mm. Cornelius did not say I am saved by inspiration. He was not saved by inspiration. He sent for Peter. Peter came and preached to him at his household. Paul had an encounter with Jesus Christ. With Jesus himself. Did he say Jesus himself preached the gospel to me? No sir. Then you wake up today. And say you saw Jesus, and Jesus told you that what we are inter- what the Bible says is not supposed to be like that. It's another interpretation. So how is your experience contradicting the Bible? Hmm. Paul was saying to Ananias even after he saw Jesus. Every good Bible student is conservative with the Word of God. Very conservative. No extra. No extremes. Are you with me? Mean, we don't just talk yeah. anyhow. don't listen to everybody yes this is one that people have been fighting with but we don't listen to everybody if you listen to me someone asked me one time that you know so much sir who do you listen to i said only pastor emmanuel Iren. he said only i said yes only he said but i think when you listen to many people you'll be more vast i say i listen to only now i'm vast i'll be a man of like this (laughs) We are... We, listen, a good Bible student is conservative. You are not eating everywhere. No. You are, you are staying to learn what you need to learn. You are committed, devotion, devoted, sorry, consistent, intelligent. Everybody is your spiritual father. Yes, you can listen. Yes, you can honor people that are doing good work. You can honor fathers in, in the faith that have done You know, great things, but spiritual father means something else. It means something else. There's a labor there. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Paul says in first Corinthians three: ten says, according to the graces of the grace of God which he has given to me as a wise master builder. He says, I've laid the foundation, another builder thereon. Let every man take heed that he builds. Mm -hmm. he's talking about doctrine listen you know a mature person in the world you you don't just make random claims You, you you speak use the word scripture used explain it the way it was explained as far as my teachings in my study of the word of God might be things you've not heard um, um, and it's not even things that you've not heard before, but in an arrangement you've never heard before, you are, you can still tell who I follow from the way I teach. Yes, sir. Yes. By conservative, there's no... And apart from that, I cross-check the things. That's what is important. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Listen, never risk doctrinal integrity to please a crowd. Know your stuff. I have never changed the teaching. I've never t- changed the teaching because, because of anybody here. Unless God leads me, that this is going to equip some people, then I'll say it. Never reach your integrity to please anybody. Oh. You'll say something that is different because somebody else is here that does not agree with it. Why? If the Bible says it, teach it like that. Some of you have been saying, Sir, teach Bible interpretation. Teach Bible interpretation. For how many months now? I did not teach it when you wanted me to teach it. Until I did what God told me to teach. Before this. Are you with me? Yes, sir. I'll give you a few scriptures. Let me go into the house. So I'll call your name. I'll give you the scripture to read. If you are sleeping, I'll catch you. You're not sleeping. <laughs> then we know you're not sleeping. Alright. Emmanuel, Where you? You read 2 Timothy 2.2. Um please acknowledge when you hear okay. this. Okay, great. Second Timothy two for you. Um Chimzi, you would read Second Timothy one thirteen. Or uh, you would read that's or you would read um Second Thessalonians two fifteen and Lastly, let me give a first timer in the house. Hello, Ramat. Can you hear me, Ramat? Ramat, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I can All right, you would read First Timothy four sixteen. All right, so let's start with Second Timothy two two. Please read. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. Yes. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit this to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Hallelujah. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. The Bible acknowledges that what? It, 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 it admonishes that what? That this was Paul talking to Timothy, his disciple. This is what you heard from me. Do what? Commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You can go seven generations of truth. Listen, there, there is a conservative mindset you must have. Are you with me? Mean, there's a what? There's a conservative mindset you must have. Of the transparency of the truth. And yes, you still go you still confirm what you have heard, but if you preserve it, you are safer. What you hear, teach it the same. No no need for giraffe, and any creative thing that is in the content. No, it's okay. Listen, Jesus, being the full revelation of God, came. He taught. Who did he teach? The apostles. How many were they? At the time. And then they went on to teach other people who taught other people. That's how it is. The problem today is that people come out and just branch out without learning the truth of God's word. You start a new church. You've not even finished learning. Mm -hmm. The preserved message is the way that doctrine should come. You should persuade people on doctrine from the preserved message the same way you have it. This is important. In the mind of Christ, listen to that teaching if you have the chance to. In the mind of Christ, I thought about this. The preserved message... Commit to other men who will commit to other men. The same way you heard it. Alright, 2 Timothy 1:13. Who is reading? Hold fast the form of some words which thou hast heard from of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hold fast. I'm intentionally making some of you open it because it's important to this is part of diligence, opening it when it is said to confirm. I can say Titus. Yes, I heard you. Thank you. I heard you. Yes, so I can say Titus 3:13, Jesus is the way and people will not even know that that's what I'm saying. So it's important to open it. Now it says, Hold fast the form of sound words, sound teaching, sound doctrine. Hold it fast. Hold what you've heard hallelujah Second Thessalonians okay. 2.15 who is reading that so then brothers and sisters stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we pass on to you whether by word of mouth or by letter hallelujah it says hallelujah. stand fast and hold the traditions the traditions this is this is, this is this is important it is the traditions which you have been taught. If doctrine is the tradition is talking about, the word of God is the tradition here. There's a way we do things. There's a way things are said. Hold fast to those traditions. You know, there's a new wave that happened in, in, in Nigeria where they, they started to call some people new generation churches, you know, because they are no more holding fast to, to, the, to the word of God the way it is. And I get it. That technology made them feel like there's a new generation. But new generation is good with technology, but your new generation should never be new doctrine or content. Are you with me? It says, Mm -hmm. hold fast the traditions. I love that word. There are things we do. There's a way we do it. There's a way you have to handle these things. There's a way these things are taught. And then lastly, 1 Timothy 4.16, sorry. Who's reading that? Take you unto yourself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that give Hallelujah. Thank you very much. He says, Take it to yourself and unto the doctrine. This is important. Take it to the doctrine. Take it to the things we taught you and the way it is being taught. Continue in it. Be diligent. When you do this, you will save yourself and you will save the people that listen to you. Listen when he says he says take heed to thyself and the doctrine D. D the, is there. D. The, are, are you with me? Yes, sir. It's important. A definite set of beliefs, not just anyone, that definite one. And Titus 1 9. Did I give anybody Titus 19? Okay, I'll read it by myself if not. It says, "Holding fast the faithful words as it, as what as he has been taught, that he may be able to, he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convince the gamesayers." So, hold fast the faithful word as you have been taught. No jara. You begin to grow spiritually when you become traditional in the transference of the word. We used to make a joke a few months back about one of you that if we if that the person one of that one person teaches the way I teach is because it, it happened to me too. <laughs> at some point, the, the, the rate at which I was diligent, you begin to grow spiritually when you become traditional. And what it means to be traditional there is to be orthodox. And I'm not talking about the denomination a mm. tradition here yes. tradi- means to be orthodox orthodoxy is not a denomination it's a practice mm. so today when you hear orthodoxy you are thinking of the churches you don't want to go that's not true orthodoxy is the way exactly. the bible is supposed to be that the things that we do are supposed to be doing the things that they used to do from the early church and so, if you, are, if you call yourself an Orthodox church and the early church spoke in tongues and you don't want to speak in tongues, then you are not Orthodox. The early church were charismatic. That's what it means to be Orthodox. They sought the gifts of and signs of God. That's what it means to be Orthodox. Keep the traditions of the word. You have to be traditional and conservative. Paul kept driving people to the written word. Listen, funny things will happen when there's no honor for the written word. You would hear funny stuff. It is dangerous. It is dangerous. If you keep putting your trust on words that cannot be substantiated from the written word, people will take advantage of you. So you see somebody that comes with an inspiration that I went to heaven, I came back, I saw Christ, I even saw the holes on his palm, Uh uh-uh, holes on his palm, Mm. palm, Mm -hmm. even logically says, (laughs) <laughs> Your bank cannot hold you. They nail you. The Have you heard of people that said that many times? One, one after making so much money, I came to recount that everything was a lie. But he made billions now. And I saying it's not possible to get um, visions like that. No, it's possible to get visions like that. Are you with me? But the vision is not going to come and interpret new scriptures for you that is different from what... Is already in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So, you need to confirm all experiences from the Word of God and not confirm the Word of God with experiences. That's the problem people make. World comes first. The Word of God. The Word of God should always rank higher. It's your safety. It's your security. The Word of God must rank higher than your experiences. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Yes, you see, many people fear Bible hermeneutics, which is what we're doing, because they, they know that they will discover that the people they highly revere, or they themselves, mm-hmm. have errors in scriptures. That's why they fear this this topic. There are some people, you tell them, uh-huh. they will not listen to you. They will not listen to you. They hate it. Because they know they will discover that either the person they love so much and they respect, they will tell you that you are not moving in love. Moving in love is not teaching me error. Moving in love is accepting that you are wrong so that other people will not be wrong too. Are you with me? So there is also a, 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 a honor for God's word will give you humility also to be able to come be corrected by the word. If you raise yourself above scripture, there's a problem. Honor for the word of God will give you a humility. Humility to be able to be corrected. It says scripture is given for indoctrination, for correction. Honor it. Thank God for great men of God. But they are still men, and men can make mistakes. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Someone once yes. asked me and said, Are miracles a sign of sound doctrine? said no. Miracles can never imply that your interpretation of the word of God is accurate. The fact that you have signs and wonders happening does not mean that the way that you are interpreting scriptures is always correct. Are you with me? Yeah. That's why you will see people great in charismatic ministry yet using wrong scriptures to back it up. That's why you will say I, I can do what is true. Christ to strengthens me and it will work. Is because the fact that you are putting the scripture doesn't make it's not it you know the fact that you're quoting a wrong scripture does not make that scripture correct for the situation. What's working is the power of God and the faith you have. <laughs> mm-hmm. eh, people, let's stop treating the Bible like a book of spells. By the spell you by the spell you quotes, yeah. the miracle will happen. <laughs> it's not a book of spells. If you whisper two words to the the, the devil, it will still go. If you whisper five lines, it will still go. If you quote the wrong scripture, it will still go. It's authority that is working. It's not spell. Stop treating the Bible like magic book. When you heal the sick, his power is not magic. It's not a particular spell for particular sickness. Through the right method, you must discover and understand the word of God. You must discover the truth. Understand it round up Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. You see, we've been reading this scripture for a long time. For some of you to just make perfect sense to you now. It says, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says, and he gave some apostles... So I remember. What I want to explain to you is one of the things that plagued me first when I started to learn, you know, about everything I'm teaching right now. It says, he gave some apostles apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastor, pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, I've explained this to you before, right, um, NLT says, NLT says it a little bit different, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, you see that, he, he puts it in a, in a clearer uh, um, form for you, these are the gifts, KJV might just say, and he gave some apostles. Those are the gifts. The apostles themselves are the gifts. He says, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. He says, apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors. That is, Christ gave gifts to the church. For what reason? He says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Verse 13 says, this would continue. This Listen, if God... If God did not know that it was important to give these gifts for your growth, he would not have given them. He gave them for your growth. They would equip and build you up like I'm doing here. This is the predisposition of every local assembly. At least should be. 13. He says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith. Listen. He did not say this will continue until we come to unity in spite of faith. Many of you say, leave them now. Is it not the same God we are serving? Everyone is bad, though. Don't do it. Is it not the same God we are serving? No. Mm-hmm. No. Is, is it not the same God we are serving that made somebody come and say, an angel revealed to him that what has been existed many years before he was born, 600 years and more before he was born, is wrong and his own interpretation and a new religion came out of it. And so if you tell them i are not serving the same God, they will, they will be fighting you. It's the same is it of God, that, 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 that causes false religions to come out, though. They say there are many ways to God. Is it lie. Are you with me? It says, this will continue to come to such unity in our faith. Unity in our faith talks about a, a different thing from unity in spite of faith. Unity! that we teach the same thing. Sound doctrine. If there was no one doctrine... You will not have read it in Titus. That's the doctrine. Take hold to the doctrine. There is some doctrine. that article D. It says, it will continue until we come to such unity in our faith. And I asked myself this question a few years back. I said, if, if there is one, one, one thing that is the truth, why then do we have many denominations? It is because many people fail to interpret the Bible rightly. Apart from the need for churches to exist to, um, for because of the people we want to reach, the differences in what is taught is because of this this thing I'm teaching you. It says we come to such unity in our faith and the knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the fullness and complete standard of Christ. what will happen after verse 14 we will no longer be immature like children. You will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of new teaching. Some of you, you are going to the place where there is something new, new revelation, new realm, new idea. New, new, new. Once you hear something new, you are not even, no loyalty self, to no diligence to the word you were learning before. You just carry yourself. Someone said you are Isaac Newton. Just say, just say, new brain. <laughs> Just move, move, move. It's not right. It says, we will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of new teaching. It says, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, what will happen, we will speak the truth in love. Growing in every way. Yeah. Say, growing in every way. Growing in every way in everywhere. More and more like Christ. Says so who is the head of His body, the church. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. We're going to pray. Pray that I, I give diligence to the study of God's word from today moving forward. I'm committed and consistent. I put more effort than ever before to so the study of God's word. I grow and I am vast in all, in all knowledge, in sound doctrine. We need to pray the language of the spirit right now and in the understanding.